0: How do people go along with it? People in authority. People not even in authority. How how do good teachers keep their heads down and I don't want to say ignore, but deal with the evil that's being done in their midst and and not scream from the rooftops about it? It's got to be hard. How do people in authority, and I mean... Real authority, not speak out about what's going on. How do they go along with it?
1: The tax dollars of people who are listening are paying to put children in the hands of criminals. I said, I need to make you aware. And they said, Tara, we don't get sued by traffickers.
0: That is a whistleblower uh, who used to be with the Health and Human Services Department of your government uh, talking about how your money is used to pimp 16-year-old children for tens of thousands of dollars to repay their debt for being smuggled into the country. How do people just go along with it, knowing that this stuff is happening?
1: I think you must be very naive if you think that's not the case. Anti-vaxxers are the most virulent, angry... um entitled people I have ever read are they
0: well I don't know that you've seen anything yet no it's not an ain't seen nothing yet segment from the olden days but how do they go along with it a brilliant utterly brilliant blog post by Chris Bray explains it and I'm ashamed because I know these facts but I didn't tie this one together Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Thank you to Soda Weight Loss, as always, so blessed to have great partners who support us and free speech and provide fantastic services to this family of listeners and podcast hosts. My voice is getting weird again. It's that time of year for me. How do people go along with it? You know, they they see this happening and yet they keep their mouths shut. This is the full piece. And this is from Project Veritas. The full piece piece here is this woman is blowing the whistle on taxpayers' money being used to fuel human trafficking and sex trafficking of kids. And there's those of us who've known this for a long time and have talked about it for a long time. There's a reason that I call. The so-called homeless encampments in the separate countries of Washington, California, and Oregon, sex trafficking camps. The
1: tax dollars of people who are listening are paying to put children in the hands of criminals. I said, I need to make you aware. And they said, Tara. We don't get sued by traffickers.
2: A government whistleblower has stepped forward to Project Veritas to detail her hailing experience at the Department of Health and Human Services. In 2021, this whistleblower volunteered to assist HHS with the placement of unaccompanied minors and was deployed to the Migrant Emergency Intake Site in Pomona, California. There, she witnessed the agency failing these children. As she puts it, doing the work of the cartels
1: on your tax dollars. These vulnerable children, we care for them, we clothe them, we feed them. With your dollars and my dollars, we fly that product directly to the trafficker. God forbid it's sex trafficking.
2: Project Veritas embarked on a nine-month investigation across the country to corroborate our whistleblower's claims. So he attempted to traffic children, and he's still at address in Texas.
1: Yes, we have 44 unaccompanied children at that address. We have 25 unaccompanied children at that address.
2: Project Veritas put boots on the ground, visiting scores of addresses the whistleblower shared from case files she worked on. What we found was shocking. My, My aunt, aunt kicked me out
1: of the house. She pimping me and I didn't no, like it. it.
3: How many men did she force
0: you to be with? Well, I don't know. I don't remember. 16-year-old, 16-year-old. I don't like what she was doing to me. 16-year-old, she forced me. She knew me since I was a young child. I didn't know her. This is your tax dollars. Hold up
1: that order of deportation to that child and say, if you do not do what I say, I'm going to call ICE on you myself.
3: I just
0: escaped one night. I don't believe
1: that this is something that HHS wants people to know.
0: And yet she is not alone in knowing it. So how do people go along with this stuff? How do they keep their mouths shut? Why do they keep their mouths shut? Some of it's obvious. Some of it's not. But the bigger question for me is how widespread is the keeping of mouths shut? And thank God that he's revealing it to us. So what are we at here? We're at about um, 26 days left in this year and 26 more days prior to this year end uh, to get in touch with Bulwark Capital Management and determine something about your financial future. Now Zach Abraham, my brother, is on the show with me every week on Fridays. Uh He's not a soothsayer. Uh He's plenty able to say, I know sometimes get it wrong. And last week he told us, I don't understand what's going on in this market. And you know what? How could he? But just like I say so often, you're not getting this message from Fidelity or Chuck Schwab or any of the big firms like that. With all due respect to them, that's not the message they're sending. The message continues to be, all is good. Some hiccups in the road. So who do you want to trust with your money? Someone who has a proven track record of success in navigating things like this. Someone who's been telling us for over a decade now about the 0% interest rate loans, the mobbed up nature of our financial system, who called out the housing bubble, and in fact was shorting housing stocks because he saw what was coming someone who said, wow, this stuff, uh, this Sam Bankman Freed stuff, this FTX, that seems like a fraud, saying that far before we found out what it is, which is in fact, in my judgment, a money laundering scheme, my judgment, and has the track record for success. Bulwark Capital Management is predicated upon one massive obsession, risk management. And in this chaos economy, that's where we all need to be is risk managed. So get in touch with Zach Abraham and find that if your portfolio can withstand the chaos economy, it's easy enough. Just make a phone call to 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to KnowYourRiskRadio.com. Investment advice cannot begin without a client service agreement, but capital management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. New York Post put up an urgent warning to women under 40. Urgent warning to women under 40 after sharp rise in sudden killer. Women under 40 are increasingly dying of a sudden killer disease, a campaigner has warned. Blood clots can occur in people of any age and strike those who are seemingly fit and healthy. Gibberish, nonsense, lies. Yes, young women are dying from blood clots, but no, they cannot. Well, no, that's not true. They can. They they don't arise in people of any age. It means that your body is in a bad state of affairs. How can people go along with this? Oh, it's, it's, it's not the injections. As all-cause mortality continues to increase, how can they go along with this? This pretense that it's not the injections. You know, Rand Paul. Rand Paul, to his credit really has it in for Tony Fauci. And he's really speaking words that are not to be spoken. Rand Paul says that Tony Fauci is responsible for 7 million people dying. And in his case, he's just talking about the flu. And the creation of the flu, because it's, it's Rand Paul's estimation, and I believe him, And I believe the evidence is on his side that Fauci paid your money to create this stuff in labs. The, the, the Wuhan flu, the COVID flu. And that doesn't even count the mRNA injections and the lockdowns. The lockdowns have already killed more people than the flu, the denial of care, the deaths of despair. The mRNA injections, in my judgment, are going to kill far more than that and prevent far more people from being born. And so how do people go along with this? What is it that keeps them? In line, this is a great meme. Uh, when a situation can be explained by a meme, the situation is so utterly clear that everybody should be able to see it. Now, I know sometimes people put up silly, stupid memes, like "I'm not gonna wear a swimsuit," you know, and they're comparing that to masks. It's my freedom to not wear a swimsuit. It's I'm not gonna wear underwear, and it, 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 it doesn't make sense. This one is makes perfect sense. It's from a Twitter account, not Jerome Powell. Sam Bakeman freed. I don't know where $10 billion went. The Pentagon. We don't know where $2.2 trillion trillion went. The IRS. You just sent $601.37. Don't you forget to report it. What keeps people from saying in the Pentagon, we're a mess? It's not just a mess. If you can't find $2.2 trillion, I guarantee there's fraud. If you can't account for $2.2 dollars trillion, trillion in equipment, I guarantee there's fraud. Because if you can't find that, you can't explain it, then you can't track it, then you can't stop the fraud. So what pe- keeps people from going? You know, keeps people going along with this. This is one of the other companies that, like FTX, is a swindle, and one of their executives, co-founder Reeve Collins. Of Tether went on Squawk Box with CNBC, and and maybe they're trying to regain some credibility by going after these guys. But aren't Squawk Box the same one who are still pretending that Sam Bankman Fried was just
3: a mis misled, tassel-haired kid just got in over his head? So let me ask you, as as it relates to to Tether, um, about the trust issues, if you will, because I think there are there's skepticism, there's questions, and I think the questions that have sort of come from the fallout of FTX have now been uh, put onto Tether, though, frankly, there have been questions about Tether for, for, for some time. I want to just read you uh, two sentences. This is from the Wall Street Journal. You've seen the story. Tether, uh, which is incorporated, as you know, in the Br- British Virgin Islands, doesn't publish audited financial statements or complete balance sheet, leaving outsiders with an incomplete picture of the company's health. And uh, There's a gentleman, Peter Crane, Peter uh, is the president of Crane Data. He says, I've been skeptical and in disbelief that they, that is you, can get away with the lack of disclosure and with limited transparency. If you do have reserves, why don't you show them? And so I'll ask you the question, why don't you? Well, what I can say is in the last eight years of Tether's operating history, they've always redeemed every token for exactly $1. I sold the company in 2000, the end of 2015, and the principals have continued to operate that, with, with in my opinion, to the absolute best of their ability and with the best risk mitigation tactics to me. <laughs> it has withstood the test of time. So why do you think that then the questions persist as they do about what's really going on and what really— <laughs> Because you won't show it.
0: Because you don't have it. And in this case, apparently, he's already cashed out. But Sam Bankman-Fried, everybody who looked at this said it's a swindle. It's a money laundering op. Not everybody said it's a money laundering op, but everybody said it was a swindle who actually looked at it. Except Bankman-Fried just gave a panel appearance with your Secretary of the Treasury. Or probably the, the Fed. Jerome Powell. The real Jerome Powell, not the not Jerome Powell meme maker. And no one on that panel, no one on that panel said, hey, can I ask a question? Why are we up here with a guy who should be in handcuffs? Are there any federal agents here to take this guy into custody? Why are we here? And maybe this is just the nature of someone who is either belligerent. Maybe I'm just very belligerent. I have been on panels with people back in the dot-com era. I was on a panel with a guy who was uh, running a scam internet radio company. It was a scam. And we had investigated it because they had come to us to do a quote merger. And we looked into them and said, oh my goodness. No way could we get involved with these guys at all. And I end up on this panel. He was a replacement Uh, guest at the last minute, and I'm on this panel, and he started criticizing my company. And I said to him, hey, I'm going to stop you there for a second. Um, Are we supposed to pretend that you aren't three people at your company? And he said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm talking about your website. You pretend to have more executives than you do. You've given yourself two extra names, and you've invented bios for yourself. And he goes, oh, it's a lie. I said, no, it's, it's not a lie. And here's the evidence for it. And later, the guy who was running the panel with Microsoft said, man, you blew the panel up. I go, no, no, he blew it up. But secondly, you need to know who's come on on this panel. And and, and he later looked into this and said, wow, that company just disappeared. So truth has this, this way of disappearing things. So how is it that people just duck and cover? Chris Bray just absolutely destroys The credibility of the technocrats in this piece I want you to hear, and I may well read the entire thing. Chris is such a gifted writer. Man, if I could write like this, if God just gave me that gift, and yet I'm thankful for the gifts that I have, that God has given me. So how is it that people just sit by? Some of it's fear. Some of it is, but what kind of fear? I think it's a very special kind of fear. And fear is not a biblical, well, it's a biblical emotion, but it's not a godly emotion. Because people can speak out. You know, the Bellingasia stuff we talked about last week? And I learned from a friend of mine that uh, in that that now infamous series of ads featuring child porn, uh allusions to child porn and and just horribly evil stuff and BSDM teddy bears. Remember we talked about this last week? Um, Bell and Gassia in one of those ads changed the name of their company to uh, to spell Baal B-A-A-L Baal being a god of child sacrifice. Um this you p- people can speak out. People can have the moral courage to speak out and sometimes i think it requires knowing that you're going to be okay and maybe just having enough money that it doesn't matter what you say that you're going to be okay. the
4: outrage i'm going to go off for a minute here because Please where go. is the outrage it's been a week and a half and now we're doing this story god get it thanksgiving was happening and all that but they tried to hide behind that right maybe this will make it through the news cycle no it's not okay adidas didn't cut ties 48 hours after Kanye did his whole thing, right? And they got lambasted for not speaking out against uh, anti-Semitism. This is a week and a half, and nobody seems to care that there's little kids involved in this. I can't speak what it's like to be a black man, right? I can't speak what it's like to be a Jewish woman, but I can speak what it's like to be a father of two young boys.
0: Now, incidentally, he just took his earpiece out, okay? That's significant. I'll tell you why. Because the earpiece is where the the producer of a television show says, whoa, 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 wait, hold
4: on, reel that back, no, 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 don't go this far. And that this type of behavior. When I worked at CBS.com out of a little closet my first show, I was like, I'm going to say this and wear a blue shirt. I got 49 emails saying, maybe wear a purple shirt and maybe don't say this here. Don't tell me this slipped through the cracks right. when you're getting a court case that features child pornography. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. Jeopardy's got to flip their whole production because of w- one person said something, but they wanted to be woke and do all that. How many other examples are there? 10, 20, 30, 40 years going back to cancel people but this slips through the cracks it's outrageous and that people aren't out aren't outraged and skipping work with their posters and going to the courthouse or going to balenciaga and stars aren't wiping their instagram and social media with all their balenciaga gear it's disgusting in itself don't you tell me hollywood how to live my life or you want me canceled or because you produce something you're gonna go around because balenciaga pays you a million dollars two million five million Kim Kardashian, shame on you. You're a billionaire. You don't need this company. They need you. And for you to take a week and a half to come to a conclusion, shame on you. This from the Daily Beast. Now, I got guy
0: probably has the money, probably can speak out this way. But so do doctors, not all doctors, but so do surgeons, not all surgeons. So do people who are CEOs of medical facilities. You have the money. You're CFO of a great big insurance company. You have the money. You can speak out. Nurses, people like that. You can speak out as a group. But part of it is knowing you're going to be okay. Is it just money? Is that it? Now, far be it for me to say just money. I've been blessed. There's no doubt. I'm not a rich man. People have a misconception that I'm some rich dude. Not the fact. Uh, we've been blessed. But rich, no. So what is it? i got to give you this piece from Chris Bray, who's becoming my favorite writer. I, I've got to try to get him on the show. He's been on Watch With Tucker Maybe I can have him as a regular guest. So that ad and, and the conversation about children, man, uh, <laughs> this isn't a gift. On the other side of the spectrum, uh, and no pun intended, you have Allen's Artisan Soaps. So you have Belangiasia, who is promoting child porn. And look, this, the, the people, the design people there, they're, they're Satanists. If you joke about, hey, Baal is king, and you put that in the name of your company, maybe you're Satanist too. So the whole other side of the spectrum is Allen's Artisan Soaps. Life changer. Life changing. The life changing moments were these. John, my friend, who founded Allen's Artisan Soaps to give his son, Alan, a place to work because Alan's been so um, dramatically affected by autism and structural health problems that are going to keep him in and out of surgery for the rest of his life. Changed John's life, took his great skill as a marketer and said, I'm going to become a product guy. What's a good product? What's something solid? People are always going to need soap. I don't know how to make it. What am I going to do? He went and recruited a family that has three generations of soap making expertise. They they advised him on how to make all natural soaps in America in small batch and how to make them into the fragrances that young Alan designs. Very often, Alan is the designer of these fragrances. And they're unique, and they are fantastic. And people who try them can't believe how subtle they are. There's this as well. They are so mild on the skin. Because of Alan's uh, skin and the sensitivity, he can't have harsh things around them, harsh chemicals. So if it's on Alan's skin and it's good, it's probably going to be good on yours as well. It's this life-changing moment. John said, I'm putting aside politics. He used to work in politics like I did. I'm putting that aside. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to bring my boy in, and his son works there every single day. And sometimes seven days a week during busy seasons like this. I'm not, I'm being completely transparent. I want to blow this thing out for Christmas. (laughs) I want, I want young Alan to have shift upon shift on quality control boxing these things up and I'm asking you to go to com slash Todd you get 10% off everything there and when you use my name Todd's promo code com slash Todd and I'm asking you to do this the people in your life who are pro-life get them some Allen soaps the people in your life who have kids with, uh, with special needs get them Allen soaps if you've got some friends and family who got teens that maybe need to pick me up like hey you can do it too Get them Alan Soaps, the story, the pictures of young Alan and the product. The product is the promise made by a young man who the party says should have been aborted. It's alansopes.com slash Todd. So how do people keep quiet? Why do they keep quiet? I knew a lot of this subject matter. I didn't tie it together, and I haven't provided this example, and that is to my shame. This is from Chris Bray. The link is in the podcast notes. Please share. Please read. Please subscribe to Chris. Such a brilliant writer. How could all those doctors go along with it? Here's how, writes Chris Bray. The validity of the Milgram experiment has been challenged, but we have a bigger and uglier story about authority and submission. And the Milgram challenge is Stanley Milgram's experiments um, on um, on on being obedient, right? This is, this is now, this is the famous experiment shocking people, and maybe some of this is made up. I want to show you a single moment that was replayed many times, a recurring confrontation between established narrative and observable fact that led to a choice over and over again. It didn't make sense, probably I mean, it won't make sense without background. So here goes the story in three parts. It's one of the ugliest things you'll ever read, or at least a piece of it. But it illustrates an important point. Several people have written about this story on Substack, but they tend to focus on a part that I choose. I chose to look at today, but tend not to focus on a part I choose to look at today. This post is done from John Calipino's book, "A Nature as Nature Made Him: The Boy Who Was Raised as a Girl," Part One. Bruce and Brian Reimer were identical twins born in 1965 in Winnipeg. A doctor using an unfamiliar electric cauterizing device to circumcise Bruce burned off his penis when he was eight months old. The parents, high school dropouts who'd grown up in isolated Mennonite communities, were at a loss as how to respond, as doctors told them they couldn't reconstruct a fully functioning penis. Finally, though... As they made the rounds of doctors, they were advised to contact Dr. John Money, the world's foremost expert on gender identity. Money ran a prestigious research clinic at Johns Hopkins that frequently treated intersex babies born with ambiguous genitalia by picking a gender and assigning it. Vaginas were easier for surgeons to build, so they tended to pick a, quote, girl. In a long-running debate between the nurture and nature wings of gender identity scholarship, Monty was an aggressive Money was an aggressive nurturist. He argued for social construction. Full stop. Cultural signals, signals make gender identity. So he was exceptionally excited by the appearance in his clinic of a perfect medical experiment: identical twins who were both born as biological quote boys one who could now be, quote, transitioned to, quote, female identity through socialization and cultural signaling. He told the rymers to put Bruce in a dress, give him a girl's name, raise him as a girl, assuring them that she would never know the difference. Surgeons removed Bruce's testicles, and the experiment started. For years, the Rhymer twins traveled to Baltimore for a week of annual therapy and evaluation. Believing that gender identity was socially constructed, Money believed a bunch of other things that were purely cultural constructions too, like, for instance, pedophilia, which he regarded as nonsensical hangups from a stodgy culture, teaching Brenda and Brian about their sexual identity. This is going to get tough here. This is going to, if you're listening with kids, this is going to get tough in three, two, one. He showed them hardcore pornography throughout their therapy and stripped them naked to teach them the sexual positions that boys and girls used together, photographing the sexual positions as the naked six-year-olds, for example, for his clinical records. The journalist John Calipatino given waivers of confidentiality by the Reamer family, assessed their clinical files many years later and found those pictures in session notes describing the, quote, clinical application of the pornographic material. Money told the reamers parents... That he was involved in complex clinical work and that they wouldn't understand and having been told that they had the good fortune to have their children treated by the most important expert in the world, they didn't question why they had to wait outside the room. This is important. Money wrote a long series of books and articles describing the stunning success of his experiment. The boy he turned into a girl was wonderfully and cheerfully feminine. Her happy family was thrilled with the success of the transition, and the two twins appearing together were unmistakably a boy and a girl. At puberty, Money had, quote, Brenda placed on hormone therapy and began preparing, quote, her for the surgery that would give her a vagina to complete the transition. And we'll get to part two. How many people knew John Money was a pedophile? How many kids were availed of the great care of John Money? How many people remained silent? Why? Chris Bray has thoughts on that. We'll continue with part 2. Please do go to the show notes at the toddhermanshow.com and subscribe to Chris's work. So the my pillow products um they've become legendary for a number of reasons. Uh one of them is value, probably the core one. Uh a my pillow can last what, 10-20 years longer than an ordinary pillow just by virtue of the fact that it can be cleansed so completely. And to me, that's far healthier. Uh not having pillows filled with uh with mites, dust mites appears to me to be a healthier option. It is famous, they're famous for The founder, let's not lie, Mike Lindell, he crafted his work as a spokesperson for his company in fairs, literally going to county fairs by himself with a logo his daughter made. And I think it's still the same logo that his little girl made. Then there is, in fact, the commitment to America. Products are made here. I just would love to ask Lindell one day, how much more money could you keep if you had your products made in China, how much more money would you have? And how much more would the party love you, honestly? So now he's extended this into towels and I have them. And they're the most absorbent towels I've ever used. They're the most easily laundered. They maintain their their, their softness after laundering. And you can get an incredible special. These towels are are usually $89.98. They're now only $39.98. But listen to what comes in this package. In each of these packages, you get a variety of colors from which to choose. And it's a six-piece towel set. Okay? It's made with USA cotton. And every set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two-pack. By the way, these are big bath towels. So here's what you can do to take advantage of this. If you do it before December 25th, the 60-day money-back guarantee gets extended all the way through March 1st, 2023. So if you don't like them, you could return them. If the people who get them for don't like them, they can return them. Regularly $89.98, now only $39.98 at MyPillow.com. So go get the same luxury in which I wrap myself. Go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman. You're going to find deep discounts there on all my pillow products. It's your six piece my pillow towel set only $39.98. Shop mypillow.com slash Herman promo code Herman. Mypillow.com slash Herman promo code Herman. Reading from Chris Bray's amazing, amazing piece about how and why people stay silent. How have the medical professionals stayed silent? Then I'm speaking here to the CEOs of medical systems. You have the money to speak out. The CFOs, you have the money to speak out. People who own their own surgical clinics, you have the money to speak out. To the nurses and doctors, if you will come up as a group, you have the protection together to speak out. To teachers, we we'll see what's being done in our schools. You godly teachers, you great moral teachers who are keeping your heads down. Thank you for doing what you can do, and you have got to team up together to speak out, part two. So they just made the promise in the statement that this was a tremendously successful procedure. Meanwhile, both twins, but especially so-called Brenda, <clears throat> the boy whose penis was burned off, and they tried to make him into a girl <clears throat> relentlessly and aggressively spiraled down into depression and unmanaged anger. Brenda spent, quote, her childhood asking what was wrong with her body. She was consistently viewed as the more masculine of the twins showing up at school with long hair and a dress, then fighting with the boys and expressing distaste for the girls and the stupid way they play together. <laughs> Both twins became increasingly withdrawn and depressed as their therapeutic trips to Baltimore continued. You think? Since they were victims of a pedophile? Finally, Brenda said she would kill herself if her family ever took her to see so-called Dr. Money again. And the visit stopped, but not Money's clinical supervision, as he led Canadian practitioners in an effort to prepare Brenda for surgery. At puberty, forced to take estrogen, Brenda grew breasts and then started fanatically overeating to get fat and hide them. She stopped bathing and her hair grew in greasy clumps. As doctors and her parents told her the wonderful news that she was about to get her vagina, she fell into catastrophic rage and despair. She refused to wear makeup and girls' clothing. She was exiled from the girls' bathroom at school because she insisted on peeing standing up. Fat, dirty, often catatonic, many years behind in basic academic skills, and plainly suicidal, Brenda told people she would never submit to her upcoming genital surgery, which her doctors kept telling her the surgery was still being planned. And now part three. Finally, Brianna and Brenda attended a series of schools as their parents looked for one where Brenda would be comfortable. They never found it. At every school, teachers immediately became alarmed by Brenda's strange appearance and obviously disturbed behavior and immediately began making urgent referrals to school counselors who began making referrals to school psychologists who began making urgent referrals to outside psychiatrists and pediatricians. Everyone saw, but they couldn't quite process what they saw, but they saw. Whenever Brian and Brenda sat down with the counselors and psychiatrists, a light bulb went off. Professionally trained in psychology and gender development, they all knew Dr. John Money's extremely famous twins case. They all knew what the annual updates on the case said. Very happy girl, extremely feminine, easy gender adjustment, happy family. Even though Money used pseudonyms in the scholarly literature to protect the privacy of research subjects, they knew who was in their offices. And they saw right in front of them a miserable, angry, depressive, suicidal child who was miserable in and increasingly at war with her very obviously masculine body. They also saw her angry, confused brother, her alcoholic father, and a mother who was so depressed that she sometimes hospitalized for weeks of impatient psychiatric treatment. And Chris Bay writes, this is the moment I want you to see. For more than a decade, a long series of counselors, pediatricians, pediatric endocrinologists, psychologists, and psychiatrists understood very clearly that they were sitting face-to-face with Dr. John Money's famous twins. They knew how Money described them, and they knew the children sitting in front of them didn't match his description at all. They knew that Dr. John Money, the famous expert in sexual identity, was lying. They could see the lie. They stood in its physical presence. And then when that series of clinicians contacted money over and over again to seek his advice, he reminded him them that he was a highly regarded expert at a major university and that they were provincial practitioners with no global reputation or significant published scholarship. And they agreed to adopt his plan of treatment. Contacted years later, one of those psychiatrists said this to journalist John Calipatino. In the 10 years that elapsed since Brenda switched to David in 1980, Sigmundson had toyed with the idea of publishing the true outcome of the case. He hadn't done it, and for a very simple reason. I was blank dash scared of John Money, he admits. I didn't know what it would do to my career. It had been one thing for Sigmundson to cooperate with the BBC documentary and appear as an unidentified psychiatrist speaking about difficulties in the twins' psychological adjustment. John Money tortured children and sexually abused them, led teams of people in mutilating their bodies. But a lot of doctors knew that he was lying in his published scholarship and didn't want to argue with him because he was famous and they thought he might damage their careers. Is it the money? Is it the fear? I think it's a special kind of fear. I think it's the fear of facing yourself. I think it's the fear of looking into a reflection at a man or a woman who knows That this assault on children's bodies is happening at Children's Hospital in Seattle, Washington. At Mary Bridge in Tacoma, Washington. All across the country. I think it's therapists who work at clinics that now take a percentage, take a rake from big pharma. For not just listening to kids talk about feeling confused about their bodies, but being pimps for pharma i think it's a fear of looking in the mirror and saying what am i i think it's a fear of medical professionals who have the money i think it's a fear of coming out and saying these injections are murdering people because of their careers but it's something else i think in that case it's the fear of the loss of status I, I I know this sin. I have practiced this sin and, and God has taken it from me. I know what it's like. What do you do? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm general manager of global media strategy at Microsoft. Wow. What do you do? <clears throat> I'm a founder and CEO of a startup. Uh, we just won a demo God award. Wow. What do you do? Well, I'm a radio talk show host and a regular fill-in for Rush Limbaugh. Wow. What do you do? I have a podcast. God's blessed me with a podcast. What do you do? I'm the CEO of one of the largest medical clinics in the world. Yeah, but what do you do? I keep my head down. I hope no one finds out. Most of all, my kids. I hope they never learn that I knew. Because then I'd have to fully confess to myself. How do people go along with it? They convince themselves... That they're just one person and that the cost to them would be too great. And I ask you this it's a question I had to ask myself last year Do you really trust God? When we gave up the radio show, do you really trust God? See, God isn't interested in working with us in human sized problems. When God invites us to work with him, he's going to give us a God-sized challenge. Here's what that means. Things that can only be done with him. If we need evidence of that biblically, consult the apostles. Consult their work. Peter, you're an, in, you're an itinerant fisherman, and you will raise the dead. You will heal the sick. Paul, your name is Saul. You murder Christians. You cause them to be murdered. You you will spread my word, and you will gladly, gladly be beheaded. And all the while, just leading up to your beheading, you'll be sharing my word with your captors for whom you'll pray. God-sized challenge. (sighs) My friends if you're not speaking out I beg you to pray about this do you truly trust God trust in him would mean you're going to be okay doubt shall not lie This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate you. Please do share the show with friends, particularly friends in positions of influence this episode. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and pray for the people who are in positions of influence, that they would go to the Father, that God would call them to himself, and that they would feel burning in their bodies, in their bosoms,
1: it says in the Bible. To speak truth, to do otherwise is a lie.